All right, today's episode is brought to you in part by my friends at Logos Bible Software. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. You can do word studies with one click or search for virtually anything in your Bible and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Simply put, it's like having a personal Bible study research assistant. Click the link in this episode description to get your copy of Logos 10 and or send an email to nightmoodshdq at gmail.com and the subject line just type in I want to get the Logos 10 and we'll make sure that you get your link to get your hands on a copy of Logos 10. Full disclosure I have been using Logos 10 for over 10 years and it is a tool that helps me dive deep when I don't want to take all my books with me, I can simply dive in. So you need some space you can use on your iPhone, iPad, Samsung, and or LG. Well, go ahead and get it. And welcome into Night Moods. It's been a little bit. Now, I'm outside enjoying the fresh summer evening as close to the ocean as we possibly could be in, in our, our deck at the Chateau. And this awesome night, I tell you, it's really kind of cool. So you are simply going to be listening to a whole bunch of atmosphere, an uncontrolled environment. And I'm going to help you today, this evening, in this moment, understand your position in the kingdom. It begins with you. And I, I guess this was kind of a, a put together show because, you know, sometimes I get tired of the emails of, so many ministers asking for help. And I want to break this down because it's beginning to be a poor example to the body, the ecclesia. So I want to spend some time a little bit talking about sonship, kingdom matters, your position. And frankly put, there are many people out of position unknowingly in the outer courts and father's kingdom. And some are not even in the kingdom. So we're going to break this down. I'm going to talk to you about your position as a citizen. We're, this talks about this in the Bible. Um, from Genesis to Revelations. And frankly, you get to do a self-evaluation. Now, if you have any questions, you can send an email over to nightmoodshdq at gmail.com or to connect at newmillenniumfaithchurch.org. And coming up in the month of June, join me from Dreamcasting. If you have not yet put together a vision board or goals, or dreams for 2023. I want you to join me on my radio show. Night Moods. Monday through Friday nights. Starting June 1st. We're going to be talking and helping you. Plot the course for the rest of 2023. So with further ado. You're going to be hearing sounds in the atmosphere. Because we're on the deck. I'm on the deck. Enjoying. Again. It's really kind of cool. I love Spring and summer when it is below 80 degrees. So we've got a nice breeze. And uh, it's in an uncontrolled environment. So it helps me to stay focused, albeit not in the studio, not in the lab on this episode. But uh, so you get to hear the background, there's birds, this massive tree, the wind's blowing through the tree. So you can hear the, the roar, the wind, the ruach. So let's get after it. Now, how many of you have been struggling? in 2023 with your identity now i'm not there with you so be honest with yourself self-evaluation does help 
So I'm going to be asking you some hard questions. Um, so I got my poker out. And I'm going to be poking each and every one of you into position. Because frankly, there are so many in the ecclesia who are out of position. And so you're out of position lobbying prayers. You're out of position because you can't identify with who you are relative to Heavenly Father. Who you are relative to the Holy Spirit. If you are saved and born again, he is inside of you, possessing you, and dwelled inside of you. And yet, maybe there's something amiss. So let's talk about this, this beginning of understanding your position in kingdom matters. So grab your notes, grab your Bibles, because I want you to utilize tools to help you do the homework. Now, I'm going to probably give you some scriptures and we talk about some scriptures, but it's up to you. Now, if you want better, you'll do better. And if you want to stay where you're at, then continue what you're doing and you can hope and wish and pray for God to move. But I want to share this with you. Your prayer doesn't move Father. Now, that's going to not go well with the theological ones. But according to the scriptures, and according to even my own testimony, in the scriptures, it is, it is known that faith, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, I'm going to slow down and take a pause here because you have to understand what I'm talking about in your position. So if you are outside of your home and perhaps you dropped your keys somewhere, lost your keys, or you can't get in your home, but you know that this is your home, but you're sitting outside and you're living outside of your home, hoping, wishing, and praying you can get in your home. Now, bad analogy but I want you to get this a little bit of wisdom. I'm going to share with you because wisdom is write this down. Truth experience. Wisdom is not your perception experience. Wisdom is truth experience. So if you're outside of your home and you want to get inside of your home, but you don't have the keys to get in and the windows are locked, the doors are locked, but you just can't get in. Some of you have will probably come to the determination that you'll want to break in. Well, you can do that. There'll be a repair bill at some point, a small fix. But if you're outside of your house, dwelling outside of your house, running in circles outside your house, thinking how you can get inside your house and, and get to living in the structure of your house, but you can't get in. Many Christians are in that setting. They're halfway in, but they don't have the keys to get in the house. What am I saying? Well, maybe you have been saved. But what does scripture say about your entry into the kingdom of heaven? You must be saved and born again. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5 and understand it for yourself. Break it down. Read it slow. Put it in first person, as I always say. Because when you read it slow, you begin the method of studying. So deconstructing, helping you to understand your position in the kingdom matters. So what matters are you dealing with? What season are you in? Do you know what season you're in as you're sitting outside the house? If you don't understand what I'm saying, turn your Bibles over to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, or 1 through 7, and do a brief review and find your placement in what season you're in. Now, we just came through Shabbat. This past weekend. So we are now entering a new season all the way to. Into September. Early October. 
Now, I'll, I'll leave that there because you're outside the house when to get in the house. And so whatever matter you are dealing with, how connected are you to the house? How connected are you to the Holy Spirit? Are you learning how to cooperate? Do you know how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? You know, there's a dance with the Holy Spirit. You understand your steps, your thought process with the Holy Spirit. See, it's not about Elohim or Yeshua. El Shaddai. This is about you. And one thing I have learned in all these years is, for the most part, gener generally speaking, generically making this statement, the church, the religious church, has not done even an average job with helping its members understand who they are in Yeshua, in the Holy Spirit. And so there's a disconnect with Heavenly Father because there's no identification. So they're sitting out the outside of the house wondering why their prayers aren't being answered. Now go back to this statement that's in the scriptures. Without faith, it is impossible to please Elohim, the Father. What is your position? Are you one who has been praying, praying, praying? You no, know, I, I can I can see the words of Yeshua. In John and Matthew 11. Right? I can see the words in Matthew 6 and 6. I can see the words even in the example of the widow and the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18, verses 4 through 8. And pay attention. The prayer, I talked about this a little bit last night. The prayer is the connecting language and culture. But behind the prayer is the faith, the substance, the foundation to which moves Father. A long time ago, Holy Spirit taught me this in Morocco. And we're heading into a, an eldership fellowship, an elder fellowship of leaders. I was down there teaching, and actually I was being taught, having been moved out of Chicago and taken the trip around the Midwest, but spent much of my time understanding more of the kingdom of heaven in Morocco. So I want to share this with you. Holy Spirit taught me this. And I was speaking to one of the elders. I believe she is long past because I haven't had any, any interaction with them in Morocco. I remember him saying, how is my prayer going to change you? How is my prayer going to change you? And he shared with me, speak that in the moment. And I waited for my moment. And it was like he was the orchestrator of the entire meeting. And he said, now, speak this to the elder. And when I dropped this bomb in a room full of ministers, who were 30 years my senior, some 40 years my senior, some even 15 years my senior, senior back then. It didn't land well with a few of the elders. How was my prayer? Because we were praying the Lord's prayer, the kingdom prayer. And she wasn't, it wasn't enough for her. And I remember her just 
asking, well, apostle, are you going to pray for me? And he said, now go. I looked at her. As a matter of fact, and it just came out of my mouth. I remember my spiritual brother, Tim, Apostle Tim. One of these days, I'm going to have him on, on one of the episodes here. One of these days. I remember Tim looking at me. He's like, I can't believe you just said that. And when I said it again, because she looked at me kind of like the side eye, right? And I looked at Bishop. It was her mother. She was in her 80s back then. And she has grown up with some of the most influential ministers in her generation. But somehow in the walk of her life, she lost the way. She, she The pathway became dim. And we were in a healing ministry uh, down there, a session. And we have it on YouTube. And uh, we watched the Spirit of the Lord come into the house. And I'm probably blowing this up because uh, they were waiting for me to be used by God to heal. But the funny part is, he just walked in. He blew the transformer outside of the house, healed her ears at the moment of the transformer blew. And the ear, her ear, um, what do they call them? Hearing aids. They literally begin to ring. Now, when you put hearing aids together, they begin to make a high pitch ringing sound. And so it was becoming irritating to Elder Bishop. And yes, that was her last name. So she put him on the table and then she proceeded to get real happy. And so she took and received the healing of her ears. And that meeting ended late into the, the early a.m. of a Thursday night. We always held our meetings Tuesday and Thursday nights down there in Morocco. And the next couple of days, she wasn't satisfied in her old age with the healing. And I remember saying to her, be careful of what you're saying to the Almighty. And she looked at me disgruntled and she said, it's not good enough. And I kid you not, what happened a nanosecond after she said, it's not good enough. Father blocked her ears and she could no longer hear a conversation that she was longing for for over 30 plus years of hearing aids and he blocked her ears and so she proceeded to put the hearing aids back in and the next meeting when we all came together the, the, the next thursday evening meeting we were we were praying for each other and anointing our hands and healing doing what it says in scriptures that's how we lived and that's how we continue to live so the elders came and we anoint our hands and, and prayed the prayer of faith and healing began. And, and she was raising her hand. Remember, she was in the couch kicking like a little girl. What about me? What about me? And that's when the Holy Spirit said, now, and I looked at her and just spoke those words. How is my prayer going to change your behavior? We got through the meeting. It was like walking on pins and needles on one section in the room. Because they were offended that they would be spoken in such a way, spoken to in such a way. And after the meeting, Tim and I were under the stars. And he's like, I can't believe you spoke that. That is of Papa. That's Papa. Papa's written all over that. And we were talking a few 
moments into the AM about what transpired. And he's, he sat there and just repeated it. How is my prayer going to change your behavior? And the scriptures say, it's your faith that moves. Let me back that up. Without faith, it is impossible to please Father. And when he's pleased, then he's more apt and motivated to manifest because of the fullness and completeness of the measure of faith is being administered. Now, let me slow down because now I got to talk about sonship. Again, understanding your position in the kingdom matters. Whatever matter you are going through, do you understand your position? Not God's position, not the Holy Spirit's position, and not Yeshua's position. Do you understand your position? Not as a minister, because your first position is being a son and a daughter. That's your first position. Now, when I talk about sonship, I'm talking about your relationship to Abba Father. And this includes our sisters in Christ. Now, this episode is for kingdom-centered, kingdom-founded, kingdom-minded citizens. So if you're not in the kingdom, this may sound like foreign language but it is my hope that the holy spirit open your mind soften your mind and make room in the heart for you to gain the understanding and the knowledge and not only gaining the understanding and the knowledge but learning then how to cooperate with the holy spirit so that you can dance and walk in the kingdom so you have to become a son. And what is it like to be a son to a, our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, our Elohim, the Great I Am, who's upon his throne in the kingdom of heaven? And maybe you have not had the opportunity to be in his glory. Maybe you have not completed Hebrews 4 and 16, Matthew 6 and 6, because the Holy Spirit teaches us that with confidence and that's complete confidence not on having any unwavering in your trust in your belief that you can go before his throne of grace and yeshua in matthew 6 and 6 tells us when we go into our secret place that father is not only there but he sees and i want to talk to you again about faith your measure of faith when you are exercising the measure of your faith, working out the measure of your faith, you are pleasing Abba Father. Maturation is the process of increasing in sonship. So this is to all the daughters of God, all of our sisters in the kingdom. When I talk about sonship, I am not leaving you out. So it includes brothers and sisters. John 15, verses 4 through 8. Now, I'm coming to you from this because I, I, as overseeing countries, 
and I was having this conversation um, over the weekend, and it's an ongoing conversation by so many ministers here in the States, and more so in many other nations, are running around asking for prayer, asking for help financially. And it led me back into the scriptures, and I was talking to the Holy Spirit about this, because they're out of position. They're out of alignment. And that alignment is righteousness. That alignment is being aligned to the cooperation with the Holy Spirit, going in and out, because Jesus said, I'm the doorway. No one can come to the Father except they come by me. And they don't have access to Abba Father. So it's likened to the tabernacle. And many in the ecclesia, because of a bad blueprint, a bad theology, wayward teaching of a religious organism, a religious church, have placed its members in the outer courts. And the ministers to these religions are in the inner courts. But they can't be in the holiest of holies because they've never encountered the kingdom. Understand your scriptures. Sonship. And why so many, and I want to pose this question to you, and why so many are struggling because they're out of position. And my question for you to answer, and I'm going to help shed some light on the pathway so that you may be at a fork in a road and you may be needing to make some choices. But if you're not in the right pathway, those choices, albeit good and positive choices, may not be leading you into Father's kingdom. I mentioned the scriptures, John 3 through verse 5, which are and which is and forever will be your kingdom identification from Jesus. Because you have to understand why, Michael, are you talking about the kingdom so much? Because Jesus, Yeshua, talked about the kingdom. That's all he talked about. Even John, the forerunner, Yeshua's family, even he in Matthew 3 and 2, not suggested, but he proclaimed the kingdom. In Genesis 1, 20 through 28, Father initiates the kingdom in the garden. And he didn't discover mankind. He created mankind to have dominion over his kingdom on earth. And then when mankind aired, mankind lost the kingdom. So one of the many purposes of Yeshua was to return what Adam lost, which is the kingdom. Open your scriptures up and study it yourself. Sonship. Ministers. Now, I'm going to speak directly to ministers. Now, if you are a commissioned minister, if you're an elected minister by your church, by your, your elder board, your deacons, they want to talk to you about this. Anywhere in scripture, especially in the Gospels, I told you, I'm outside, so you're going to have all of the atmosphere in this episode. I love being in an uncontrolled environment. It is refreshing 
to not be in a controlled environment. So, ministers, why are we running around asking for prayer? Why are we running around asking for, for help? Why? What caused Yeshua to do what you do? Another better question is, will you find anyone in the fellowship of Yeshua in the four Gospels asking him for prayer? Now, the pause is, is, is for you to consider, and maybe some of you are quick on the, on the trigger. You can Google search real quick. But you won't find the fellow followers, the fellowship of Yeshua, or Jacob, that's John, asking for prayer, asking for money. Yeshua never went around asking his heavenly father for for prayers. He never went around asking his heavenly father for, for money to sustain him. But what he taught, nestled in the book of John, I believe many are missing. So I'm going to deconstruct this and help you understand your position in whatever kingdom matters you find yourself in in this new season. Now, again, we're in a new season because Shabbat has just completed. And so now we're on the race to so, 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 expand, expand, expand the gospel of heaven in whatever environment, the territory and atmosphere Elohim has placed you in. From now until the end of September, beginning of October, you're in a new season. It looks like it happens to be about three months. Do you understand your position as a son? Now, John, the book of John is an intimate book. is the most intimate of the four Gospels relating to relationship. When you deconstruct the four Gospels, this Gospel, written by John, who happened to be the author of Revelations, brings you into a spiritual revelation of sonship in the writings of Yeshua. And I want you to break open your Bibles and take a journey with me because I need you, I would desire you for yourself to know your position. Now, if you know your position as, as a son and a daughter, that is awesome. Now, stay in the middle of your journey and continue to grow each and every day. Exercise the fullness of the measure of faith that Father has grace to you. John 15. Now, let's, let's knock this out. And I want you to write this, these words down. The word is abide. Open heaven. And now draw a square on your sheet of paper. At each corner of your square, the first corner, top left, you want to write surrender. The second corner, top right, you want to write submission. Third corner of the square, lower right, you want to write down righteousness slash Alignment. Fourth corner. Lower left. 
write down spiritual obedience. These four points, when you connect the dots, create a portal in open heaven. And Father, because of who he is, enters his creation through open heavens. And you will find that throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations. When the sky is open. But when you learn how to live as a son, not learning how to learn to live as a minister. See, if you're learning to live as a minister first, you're out of position. But when you learn to live as a son in Father's kingdom, you begin to walk in wisdom. Again, wisdom is truth experience. If I were to compress the definition of wisdom, it's living truth through an experience, living out truth, not living out a perception. You're not living out your perception of truth. You're living out his truth. His truth is kingdom truth, biblical truth. And he backs it up because your righteousness is your alignment, which is your shield, which is the word and your sword. And father becomes your rear guard. So you have those points. Look at those points. Plot those points because I want to go through John 4, John 15 verses, especially verses 4 through 16. Then I want you to ask, write this question down. Where in the Gospels are any of the followers of Yeshua asking him for prayer, asking him for finances? Now, if you have a lack in your finances, are you in position? Do you understand the mandate of a king? The mandate of a king. And most Western civilizations will never understand the mandate of a king because of their protesting a king's rule. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 through 33 helps you to understand what Yeshua has to say about finances. But here's my question. Where are you going to find anyone in the Gospels asking Yeshua for money? And Father owns it all. Question number two. Where are you going to find anyone in the Gospels asking Yeshua for prayer? It's Matthew 4 and 20. Matthew 4, verse 21 and 22. Matthew, just look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 20 through 23. Because it tells you what Yeshua was doing. He went about proclaiming, preaching is the word proclaiming, making a proclamation that the kingdom of heaven is at hand because he return the kingdom of heaven to earth and because of the many purposes of yeshua the holy spirit is remanded to earth which keeps the government and the kingdom of heaven on earth back to you ministers sonship now it's not only just the ministers it's to 
those of you listening who are part of the Ecclesia, John 15, John 15 verses, well, let's start at verse five. So you have your box, in your box you have submission, surrender, spiritual obedience, and righteousness. You've connected that box and you can draw a, a, a line or circle around that. Doesn't have to be a perfect circle. But that opens up a portal. I want you to pay attention because if you understand your position as a son and how a son lives according to the words of Yeshua, then the desires of your heart, the desires of your mind, are in your pathway. Kingdom living is distinctly different from any other type of living on this earth. And I just believe, based upon not only my studies of the scriptures, based upon my experiences in living as one of Father's sons in his kingdom since 2007, that he means what he says and says what he means and does exactly what is spoken. Chapter 15, verse 4. happens to be about relationship. So if you back up and read verse 1 through 4, you'll understand that Yeshua is setting the pathway of kingdom relationship. Verse 5, he reiterates that he is the vine and he's speaking to his disciples. Now we're talking about sonship because your first position in the kingdom is sonship. My first position is not an apostle. My first position is not Dr. Thomas. My first position is not husband. My first position is a son, as well as my wife's first position is as a daughter. So any other vocation doesn't come before your kingdom position. Citizenship and sonship work hand in hand. It unlocks the kingdom for you. I'm going to write it down. Citizenship and sonship unlocks the kingdom. They go hand in hand. It's like your identification card. Look at your driver's license. On the front of your driver's license, you have all of your information, and some may have your vitals. In that, it has what state you are living in and what state you are a citizen to. John chapter 3, verse Three through five, Yeshua opens, deconstructs our citizenship. And exactly where we are citizens and have access to. In chapter 15, for everyone I believe, I'm generically and generally speaking, there is a challenge in a percentage of the ecclesia that. They may not understand John 15, and maybe it hasn't been addressed in this way because the ministers have never encountered the kingdom. Understand your Bible, deconstruct the Gospels, and learn exactly what Yeshua's position. When you learn exactly what Yeshua's position is, 
was and forever will be, you will see that you are to walk in the same pathway. I am the vine, you are the branches, talking to the disciples. I'm in verse 5. The one who remains in me. Now this word remains in your translation. However they transliterated your, the scriptures that you are reading from. You may be the NS, NASB. You may be in the King James Version. You may be reading whatever version you're reading. That word is known as abide. This word abide. Define it. And I want you to put this chapter in first person. I'm going to help you understand your position as a son and a daughter. So you have to have terms not only identifiable, but that you can define. So you can better understand what Yeshua was saying regarding you. The one who abides in me, to remain in me, to be around. And I in him. This is the one who bears much fruit. Now, as I said, we're going to deconstruct this so that you can understand it. Send an email over to nightmoodshdq at gmail.com or connect at newmillionfaithchurch.org if you have a question regarding this episode. So I want, I, I desire you to understand this, but you're going to have to walk with me with your shovel and with your cross and unearth some hidden treasures in the scriptures that you are studying for your benefit. The one who abides in me and I in him, this one bears much fruit. Now, what fruit is he talking about right here? You have to understand what Yeshua is, is referring to. He's referring to the fruit. The totality of nine fruits given to us in Galatians. Those nine fruit are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now he is talking about this, the one who abides in me and I in him, the one, this one, this one who abides in me and Yeshua abides in us because of the 100% essence of Abba Father, the Holy Spirit, the power in the Holy Spirit. This one bears much of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, those nine fruit. For separate, apart from me, Yeshua is continuing on. You are not able to do anything. Now, like his father, he says what he means and means what he says. Now, if you don't believe the words of Yeshua, you, you are antithetical to Yeshua. You're anti-Christ. You're not the anti-Christ, but you are one associated to one who has the unbelief of his words. So the one bears much fruit is the one who abides in Yeshua. And I and him write this down. This is your, he is opening up sonship. When you understand chapter 15 and you understand how to walk as a son who relates to Abba Father through Yeshua in harmony to the Holy Spirit, you are in the pathway of enlightenment and Father's kingdom. Verse 7. Well, let's go in verse 6 here. If anyone does not abide in me, rest or remains in me, he is thrown out as a branch and dries up. Listen to the words. Say it slow for yourself. Listen to the words. I'm talking about the many ministers. However eloquent you are and however skilled you are or learned in theology, running around asking for your needs to be met, you are not in the kingdom. A king takes care of its citizens, its subjects' needs. 
I happen to be a subject of Elohim. You are saved and born again. You are a subject to Elohim. You are subjected to his ruleship, his authority, and his power as it relates to his sovereignty. As it relates to Yeshua. As it relates to the Holy Spirit that he places inside of you. Verse 7. If you remain in me. And now he adds my words remain in you. So if you look at your box. The first corner, abide in Yeshua. Second corner, abide in his words. He's he is now talking in duality, spiritually and naturally at the same time. And he's helping you with understanding how to walk as a son. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out as a branch and dries up. There's no nutrients in a dried branch. We have this massive tree there on the porch. There are no nutrients in a dead tree. It's dead. Have you ever seen a dead tree? What does it look like? There's no life in it. There's no foliage. No mitochondria is happening. If you remain in me and my word, Yeshua is speaking. So whenever Yeshua speaks, write this down. It is authority. It's an instruction. It's an immediate law. And he wraps it up with a blessing or a curse. Whenever Yeshua speaks, it's authority, it's instruction, and it becomes immediate law. Verse 7, if you remain in me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, underline verse 7. Underline it. Because then he says on the back end of verse 7, he says this, after the first two keys in Father's kingdom have been unlocked. It's abiding in Yeshua and abiding in his words. He says this, if you remain in my words, ask what you want and it, what is the it? The ask will be done for you. Sonship. Understanding your position in Father's kingdom relative to the matters that you're in, situation, your circumstances, or if you're in a crisis. Now, that's verse 7. Religion is not going to give you this. This is in your scriptures. If you happen to be an atheist listening to this, welcome to the broadcast. Because I'm going to give you an encounter with the kingdom. You can debate religion all you want, but you can't debate the power of God, the authority of God. Welcome to my program. Have a seat. It's going to go a little deeper than this. So you have verse 7, you underlined it. Understand your position as a son and daughter. Verse 8, my father is glorified because of what? In verse 7. Because you remain in Yeshua, and you remained in his words, and Yeshua remains in you and abides in you. And this happens because of the Holy Spirit. But you're connecting with the Holy Spirit for the abiding factor to kick in. If you hate math, you may not like John chapter 15. It's high-level math. 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 4. 
So you have your points. You have surrender, submission, spiritual obedience, and righteousness. However you've written on your, your sheet of paper. And you connected your points. And that makes an open heaven. Follow me. Verse 8, Yeshua says, my father is glorified by this. Why is this more so important that you understand this, this piece of wisdom? Because I'm not telling you something that I just learned. This is in your scriptures. If you would only just do what Yeshua says to do, how different would your life be? Another pause for you to consider. If you would only do what Yeshua taught, proclaimed, and demonstrated to do, how different would your life be? Verse 8, Yeshua says this about Abba Father. My Father is glorified by the ask and giving you that you bear much fruit. So what are you supposed to be putting on display? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't produce the fruit that the Holy Spirit's already produced. He, it comes with him. Those nine fruit in Galatians come with the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is, like this tree right here, the branches are putting on display the leaves of this maple tree. But it's the trunk that does the production of the seed. And like we have veins and arteries in our bodies, there are aquifers going through the branches that produce what the seed has been implanted with. So it could be an oak tree. It could be a maple tree. It could be a pine tree. They're putting them on display. And as you're listening to the wind blow, it's not blowing the leaves off. They are secured to the branch. Understand what I just said there? They're remaining on the branch. Yeshua says this about Abba Father. He's speaking in first person. My Father is glorified by this. They ask that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So you're putting on display the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You're putting on display the fruit of the Holy Spirit because you're in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, abiding in Yeshua, abiding in his words. Do you understand the power of sonship? That you can ask what you want and it will be done for you. Another question, why are so many of you going around asking the brethren for your help? When your help comes from high. And all the provision and resources are in creation. A king knows how to move his resources and provision to get it into his son's and his subject's hands and his daughter's hands. Verse 9, just as Abba Father has loved me, I have loved you. So remain in my love. Now he throws number three, the third key. He says, abide in my love. Abide in my love. Now the first key is abiding in Yeshua. The second key is abiding in his words. The third key is abiding in his love. Now some of you may be asking, what is the love that Yeshua has for me? Turn a couple pages back to John chapter 14. And understand relationship. It has everything to do with abiding, resting, remaining in and around the subject. And a son 
let's go back to the definition of a son. The son is one who has relationship to the father. Relating emotionally, physically, psychologically, and more so spiritually to Abba Father. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, again, every time Yeshua speaks, it's instruction, it's a command, and it's an immediate law in Father's kingdom. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love, abide in his love. The word commandments is plural. Again, whenever Yeshua speaks in his gospels, it's an instruction, a command, and a promise. And he wraps it up with a blessing and or a curse for Whosoever has ears. So may it be a blessing to you. If you just do the words of Yeshua. So he's talking about love. Verse 11. I have spoken these things to you. In order that you. That my joy. Excuse me. May be in you. And your joy may be made complete. So we come equipped with a level. A measure of joy. It's like the measure of faith. But he says here. That if you remain in his love, bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5.22 and 5.23, you're putting on display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You receive the joy that Yeshua has. And because you may not understand the joy Yeshua has, because you're in the outer courts. But see, the subjects and the king's kids have access to the holiest of holies. So we get to traverse through the outer courts, the inner courts, and the holiest of holies because we are subjects to the king. He owns us. And if that's a problem for you, get out of your head. May you have an encounter during this, this program. Yeshua continues to speak this to help equip his disciples what it means to be a son. What it means to be a son slash daughter. Verse 12, this is my commandment. Here's the commandment that you love one another. So he's talking about his disciples, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Love one another's personalities. One Love one another's quirks. One, love one another's differences. Verse 12, is, this is my commandment. He is speaking again to whom? The world? Or is he speaking to his disciples and his followers? This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I loved you. So he's shown them, because he's loved in the past tense, loved you. He's shown them a pathway, a course, a system of love. And then in 13, he talks about what is the greatest love, agape love. And agape love is not other no, ways known as laying down your life for your friends. See, the kingdom is not for everyone because not everyone can be in the kingdom. See, it's the king's prerogative to who is in his kingdom. Did you understand what I just said? Go to John chapter 9. And Yeshua talks about this. It's the king's desire who is in his kingdom. Here's the word of Yeshua. 9, 24. 
So he talks about agape love in John chapter 15, verse 13, and John chapter 15, verse 14. I'm going to plow through here and stop at John 16. Now, John 16, he talks about the chosen. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and your fruit should remain. So what you're bearing is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and you are a possessor of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You get to put on display Galatians 5.22 and 5.23. And you who are listening, if that has not been part of your pathway of putting on display, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe it wasn't instructed to you. Maybe it wasn't served to you this way or shown to you this way. Well, repent. It's okay. Don't beat yourself down. Only if you're convicted. That's it. Only if you're convicted. But put on display. If you hold your hands up like wings, you're supposed to be putting on display the fruit. And both arms can share the fruit. You're putting it on display. So others can see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now look at what's nestled in John 16. And I want you to go to John 16, John verse 7. Because here in John chapter 15, verse 16, pay attention. Because he talks about you didn't choose me, his disciples, but I chose you. He elected them. He's using kingdom language. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And your fruit shall remain in order that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, notice he adds to this. In order that whatever you ask the Father in my name, because I am his, his namesake. I am the one he has given power and authority to govern earth. Relative to his kingdom. In all matters under heaven. But did you notice how familiar. The back end of 16. Is to. The back end of 7. Look at verse 7. If you remain in my words. And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you want and it will be done. And then he doubles down on it. In chapter. The same chapter of verse 16. He doubles down on it. He's talking about bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about abiding in love, abiding in, with the fruit. That's the word remain again is this word abide. So abiding in my love. He's adding to the first and second one. The third one's abiding in my love. And the fourth key, these are keys, four kingdom keys. When you possess the keys, you have access to Father. When you possess the keys of the kingdom, you have access to the Father. The fourth key is abiding with the fruit. And he says that when you abide with the fruit, you're putting it on display. And the fruit should abide with you when you have the four keys. But I chose you and appointed you to go. And as you go, you're putting on display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 and 5.23. As you go, you're putting on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But as you live, you live as a son and daughter. See the distinction there. As you go, 
you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But as you live, you live as a son and a daughter. And a son and a daughter knows how to abide and remain around my love, around my words. Around me. And knows how to abide around the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you can ask whatever you want to my father in my name. Now he adds my name, something peculiar. In my name, he, Abba Father, will give you the ask. So then he closes it down with these things that I shared with you, the four keys, I command you. And possessing the four keys that you love one another. Now, again, I have to reiterate, he is talking to his disciples. So many churches I've been in will cherry pick scriptures and say, love everyone. And at the same time, Father says in Revelations and in the Old Covenant that he hates certain factors. There's seven things that he hates. So it's Yeshua contradict Abba Father. No, they talk in the same vein. They're talking the same DNA. They're talking the same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So, now you're probably sitting there wondering, why didn't I have these four keys? Why didn't I understand these four keys? Maybe, again, it wasn't shown to you. It wasn't lived out. It wasn't purposed in your assemblies. But these are Yeshua's words right here. So, the kingdom, a king's dominion, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 and 28, he unveils for the first time in the scriptures that we have in these books. He was speaking to Adam. Let me back that up. But he was speaking to the presence of the kingdom. The seven spirits before his throne. Spirit of wisdom. When you read the book of wisdom, but you may not have it in your Bible, but you have a portion of the spirit of wisdom, and she speaks in Proverbs 3, 5, and most intently, distinctly, in Proverbs 8, chapters 12 through 30. And she says, I, wisdom, it's just fascinating when you live in the kingdom and you're exposed to the presence of the kingdom. A king's domain, a king having dominion over territory, environment, and atmosphere, and without territory, environment, and atmosphere, a king doesn't have rulership. A king needs dom a king needs these three aspects to make up dominion. Territory. In the territory is the environment. And his atmosphere is the ruach. Every king on this one earth that we share, this one world that we share, there are no third world, second worlds. You have one world that we share, many nations. There are, there are kings and queens ruling. And without territory, a king cannot rule. So Yeshua ushers by Father's heavenly design a kingdom returning to earth that Adam lost. He lost it so bad that Abba Father had to place cherubim on both sides of the gates 
of that garden that was east of Eden. So understanding your position is understanding your position as a son who is subjected as a citizen to father's kingdom. This can only happen when you know your birthright. That birthright is given to us in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. It's a birthright that all who have been saved and born again receive your birthright. And your birthright helps you to connect to your inheritance. Your inheritance as a co-heir with Yeshua to receive and be ushered into the kingdom of heaven. So this is your life to live out eternity in duality on this one earth that we share a lot of questions i've posed to you are re repeated one of them is where in the gospels will you find any of the followers praying to jesus for money I want you to do the research. I want you to find out for yourself who in any of the four books that they ratified as the four synoptic gospels who was following Yeshua asking him for money and even in the book of Acts when Petros is going into the temple going over with James and there is a lame beggar at the beautiful gate. The beautiful gate in the book of Acts happens to be the gate where all of the dignitaries, the beautiful people, the higher caste system of people were going to that special gate. So he positioned himself there asking for provision. And I want you to notice the interaction between Apostle Petros and the lame beggar. And many of the ministers remind me of the lame beggar. Because they don't understand the function of the kingdom, the dynamics of Father's kingdom. They don't understand their position in Father's kingdom. Do you understand your position better? And your kingdom matters? It equates, it equals to your sonship and do you possess your birthright there are rights in the kingdom in john chapter 15 yeshua exposes the four keys that unlock access to father it's going to take faith so john 15 verses 4 through 16 yeshua adds the option and that option is abiding now did he not say in the end of Matthew, go out and share the gospels of the kingdom. And why are so many sharing the letters of Peter, the letters of Paul, Pauline ministries? Why are so many still sharing the old covenant? Yeshua's words were what? To his disciples, to his followers, because it was more than just the 12. 170 plus men and women with children were following this man throughout Judea, Judea, to the north. And he says to them, make disciples of many nations. Are you listening to his words? Disciples, go out and make disciples of many nations. 
sharing the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. This was one of Yeshua's many purposes, is to expand the earth with the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And to understand that, you must ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you. Isaiah, he speaks to the prophet and tells him what's on the shoulders of Yeshua, the government. And do you know you're supposed to help and assist in the administration of Father's government as a citizen of his kingdom? Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Your first position is a son. And you're listening and you're a daughter. I am not leaving you out because sonship equates the daughters of, of the Lord. Daughters come before the sons. D before S. Sonship is the maturation, is the relationship of one to the father. You're growing in your relationship and belief and trust. Belief and trust is faith. Hebrews 11, 1. But without faith, it is impossible to please Abba Father. So if you're not growing in your faith and you're out there in the outer courts because you got one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, you may be not sure because you're not seeing manifestation. Ask Father to help you with your unbelief and just do the works that Yeshua has shared, lived, and exhibited. See, your position is more mightier than any position in the world. As a daughter to the Most High God, as a son to the Most High God, who knows how to operate and function as a son. John 15 chapter is the 15th chapter, verses 4 through 8, 4 through 16, excuse me. There are four keys to the kingdom that Yeshua unveils how to walk in sonship. And you can connect that to John 14. You connect it to having dominion as well. Yeshua never was asked for prayer. They went to Yeshua because he could heal. They went to Yeshua because some knew that he was Messiah, Christos, Hamashiach. And they believed upon him. But notice in the Gospels, much as it is, is today, with the sects of religion, if you look at many of the religious ones, they're not going to believe in the mystique of Yeshua. Signs, wonders, and miracles. We know as a supernatural, which is just the, the higher aspect of what ends our natural limitations becomes super, super. His father in his natural habitat, that's why we call it supernatural. He's in his natural habitat. The Holy Spirit being remanded to earth to help in us growing as sons and daughters in sonship. He's your teacher. He's your guide. Servants come to serve you in the way of Yeshua. Servants like myself come in the way to help you connect to Yeshua. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. 
religion can't give you this. So stop asking, going around, I need help. <laughs> Excuse me there. I need help. I need this. I need that. Because when you understand your position as a son, whatever you ask, as long as you're abiding, you have to understand John 15, verses 4 through 16. You must understand that what Yeshua is unveiling. And it's always been in the scripture. He's unveiling four keys to kingdom citizenship. And this citizenship helps you understand your position as a son and daughter in Father's kingdom relative to your matters. If you have any questions, nightmoodshdq at gmail.com or connect at newmillenniumfaithchurch.org. More episodes coming on Night Moods to take you into a deeper dive of kingdom order. Coming real soon. More episodes of interviews. And Blended Truth is coming real soon, by the way. Summertime is here. That means I have more time to be in the lab or outside the lab amongst the presence of Father's creation just to help you grow in wisdom. Spiritual wisdom supersedes man's wisdom. Remember, wisdom is truth experience, not perception. It is truth experience. So pay attention to what you're experiencing. Mama Spirit, I call her, she is a spirit of wisdom, has a lot to say about this subject. You can open up the book of Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12, and read on to Proverbs 30. Read on to Proverbs, excuse me, 8 to verse 30. Then you can double back into Proverbs 3, Proverbs 5, to understand wisdom. And if you have the Israel Bible, you may want to read the book of wisdom. She has a lot to say about creation, about the pathway, what's in her right hand, what's in her left hand, just as much as the seven spirits help in the administration of Father's kingdom. Check it out for yourself. Test all things, prove all things, hold fast to what is only truth, not perception. Father speaks always to the heart. He never speaks to the mind. That's why it's important to live surrendered, submissive in his righteousness, and in spiritual obedience. That is your pathway. Keeps an open heaven over you. If you have any questions, you know the email. Check me out on the next episode of Night Moods. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you want the Logos 10 software, you can get a discount. Send me an email. I'll get over to you. Until next time, remember to love yourself and love before you love others. And remember to bless yourself before you bless others. Self-care is the best care. Without your care, you're no good for nobody else. Take care. That's good.